for Health's Sake, a simple chat for better health. I'm your host, Donna Karras. These podcasts are a publication of Amory Hospital and Clinic, Hudson Hospital and Clinic, Lakeview Hospital, Stillwater Medical Group, and Westfield Hospital and Clinic. All are part of a nonprofit healthcare organization committed to enhancing community health. Talking with pediatrician Dr. Jessica Najarian Bell about childhood sleep issues. Dr. Jessica, how much sleep do kids need? Well, thank you for having me today. And so sleep varies a little bit in children based on their age. So usually for infants, and in ranging four to twelve months, they should sleep about 12 to 16 hours in a 24-hour time period, so in a day. And that includes naps that really promote optimal growth and and all of that. Really newborn babies are going to sleep a lot more than that, but kind of once they get to the four to 12 month period, then it's about 12 to 16 hours. Children in the one to two age group should sleep about 11 to 14 hours in a day, and that includes naps as well. And then as they get to be um, in the three to five age group, they should sleep about 10 to 13 hours, and that also includes naps. And then as kids get over five, so children six to 12 usually sleep about nine to 12 hours, kind of their optimal time in a 24-hour period. They're not really doing as much naps, so that really actually should all be at nighttime. And then teenagers, um, we recommend eight to 10 hours in a 24-hour period. Some of these numbers might be a little bit surprising. A lot of us as parents who are working or staying at home or all of the above are sometimes forced to get by on five or six or even less hours of sleep. And so it really does impact us. So it might be tempting to think that kids can also get by with less sleep because we function with less sleep, so why can't they? But they really, they thrive on that regular sleep time and regular bedtime routine. If they don't get that, it really can deprive them of so many things. You're going to see it in their behavior. You're going to see it in health problems. We see it trickle down and affect kids negatively, causing hypertension, obesity, headaches, even depression. So, and then in the younger kids, irritability and poor behavior. So sleep is so, so important. Yeah, really important to stress that. Are there symptoms or signs that a child isn't getting enough sleep? Not getting enough sleep in older children. And as they get older, we see an increase in injuries. So these these kids who are in sports and activities, we can see their injuries increase. They're not getting enough rest and, and that rest time to heal their, or to kind of get that energy back. We do see trickle downs of obesity, hypertension, depression, especially in those teenagers. And those teenagers who can also experience that increased risk of self-harm or suicidal thoughts. And then symptoms that more of the toddler age child is not getting enough sleep would be those behaviors. So if you're having a lot of behavior struggles, a lot of meltdowns outside of what one would expect, that can also also be a sign um, that maybe we need to get a little bit more sleep in them. Parents have the, these situations all the time, and, and what would you recommend? Say mom and dad find it hard to get their child to settle into sleep at a reasonable time, or the other problem that often happens is their child wakes more than once at night. Yes, yeah. So we 
I see this a lot and I definitely have struggled with this with my children are waking a couple of times a night. And so really the biggest thing is to develop good sleep habits. And it's not something that if you don't have them in place, it doesn't happen overnight. But my favorite is um, something that people may have heard before is brush book bed. So starting from age establishing that bedtime routine. So helping them brush their teeth, which is great in and of itself. Reading a book, which is promoting that reading and learning and then getting to bed at a consistent time every single night and having it be more of a quiet routine before bedtime, not roughhousing around and not kind of getting them all excited. But this is then indicating to them that this is the time to sleep. So that book can help. Sometimes music or even a bath can help. And consistency. So currently it's summertime while we're talking and so sometimes that is harder as it does stay light out later but really trying to get that consistency when you can having that bedtime be the same time every night can really be helpful for parents and helpful for the child to know what to expect and then as the child gets a bit older or even in the toddler age to you know making sure that all your screens and your computers and your tvs are turned off at least an hour before bedtime and not having any of those things in the children's bedroom, that really can impact them going to sleep and then staying asleep. Children do need that comfort in the middle of the night. So if you're having trouble with the child getting up a few times a night, having them take something, their favorite thing to bed each night, it's okay to let them sleep with that teddy bear or that special blanket or another toy that they love. Just making sure that there aren't any choking hazards on it, like strings or pieces that may fall off. Because if they wake up and they have that near them, then sometimes that can help them go back to sleep. Things that have worked in my household when we've had kiddos that wake up a couple of times at night is you know, making sure they're not sleeping in the same bed as you, not going back into their room every time they wake up or call out to you, kind of give them a couple of seconds or minutes before you answer them, you know, reassure them that you're there, but you don't need to go into the room every time they wake up, speaking more to the toddler age. And then if you do need to go in there, don't stay too long, don't play, don't turn on the light, and then this will really help them fall back asleep on their own. They need to have that comfort that they know you're there, but not that now it's time to get up and play and talk. Give it time. It can be really challenging and it can be frustrating because you're tired. You want to go back to sleep, but negativity can make it make it worse um, and make it just something that, that you dread. So I think the biggest thing that I would always recommend is that routine um, and then just letting the child know that you're there if they're waking up a lot at night, but also helping give them some of the tools so that they can go back to sleep on their own. What if your child snores loudly at night? What we worry about with snoring is if a child's having pauses um, in their breathing while they're sleeping, and that's something we call sleep apnea. Sleep apnea can be related to snoring, not all the time, because not all children that snore have sleep apnea. We see it in about 2% of children. So this is just when the child has that pause in their breathing, and then that can lead to other issues. A lot of children with sleep apnea have pretty large tonsils and adenoids. And so if you notice that your child's snoring a lot at night, or you notice some pauses in their breathing at nighttime, um, if they're really sleepy during the day, 
or having a lot more behavioral problems, that'd be something to bring up to your pediatrician. And then they can kind of help determine if your child needs to see an ear, nose, and throat specialist or somebody to evaluate them while they sleep. So like I said, not everyone who snores needs to have any special things done. Good to bring up to your pediatrician, especially so that they can evaluate them and make sure that nothing needs to be done for the kiddo. Can children have restless leg syndrome? So they can. A lot of times it's in a little bit older of a child. It's a condition that causes children to have this urge to move their legs and also an uncomfortable sensation felt inside the leg. Some of us as parents have had this happen to them. The hard thing is children can't really tell you a lot of times how it's making them feel. And so it can be hard to determine if that's what's going on. A lot of the time, restless leg syndrome is inherited, so it's a gene that causes this problem. We have an important chemical in our brains that helps control our emotion called dopamine, and that can be low in children with restless leg syndrome. But another factor that we find in children and adults that causes restless leg syndrome is an iron deficiency. So one thing that your pediatrician might do if, if you're concerned that your child has restless leg syndrome would be to check a hemoglobin and an iron level. So important to bring up to your pediatrician if you feel like your child is having less sleep, is more moody, if they seem like they find relief by moving their legs a lot, because even some children can have this feeling during the day as well. So if you're noticing some of these things, it would be good to bring up to your family physician. Doctors usually will look at the patient's iron level, and then if they are more concerned about things, can do a sleep study. But a lot of times it is that maybe that iron level is just a little bit low um, and, and causing some of the, those symptoms that they're seeing. Kind of the best treatment, so say your doctor says, okay, we think this is probably restless leg syndrome, is going to be good sleep habits if they're deficient in iron and iron supplementation. And then some children do need other medications or other interventions, but that will kind of be determined by your pediatrician. So not something that we see all the time, but it is something that's there. So if your child is experiencing some irritability or needing to move their legs a lot might be something good to bring up to your doctor. What should a parent do if their child has frequent nightmares or night terrors? Good to differentiate between the two. So nightmares are scary, just like we have them. Scary dreams, they happen usually during the second half of the night when the dreaming for your children is the most intense. So your child may wake up crying, being really, really scared, and then have trouble falling back asleep. So in this setting, um, you can go to your child as quick as possible, reassure them that dreams aren't real. If they're afraid of a shadow or something on the wall or in the closet, kind of go in there and show them that there isn't anything there. Sometimes the nightlight can be helpful, make them feel a little bit more comforted, and then, you know, encourage them that that we need to go back to sleep and when you're ready and everything is going to be okay. So that's kind of how to approach nightmares. And then night terrors are a bit different. Often we see this in toddlers in the preschool age, and it's usually during their deepest part of their sleep. That part of sleep usually actually occurs early in the night, even before parents' bedtime. You may notice that before you go to bed, your toddler or preschooler will have these night terrors. A night terror is where your child is just crying uncontrollably. Sometimes they'll be sweating, they can shake, and they are pretty confused. And a lot of times just really scream, 
kick and try to push you away. They don't really know what's going on in this setting. So what you can do is you can stay calm. Try not to wake them up and just make sure they can't hurt themselves just by, you know, either giving them a big hug or just making sure that they're safe in their bed. Usually after a short period of time, they're going to relax and go back to sleep quietly. They resolve, so these don't last forever, but just good to kind of know how to approach these versus the nightmares. If you do have a babysitter or a family member that's taking care of your child in the night, or they're sleeping over at grandma's house or something like that, just kind of letting grandma know or your babysitter know that this is what goes on just in case it should happen when they're there. And so, yeah, that's kind of how we usually approach both of those and two different things and approached pretty differently. What do you recommend if a child is hard to wake up in the morning or still seems tired? It's getting harder and harder to wake up your child in the morning or they're seeming really tired when you're trying to get them up in the morning. and Believe me, it's happened to me trying to get them ready and out the door when we're already in the time crunch can be not the most fun thing in the world. So kind of focus on some of the things you can change. Think about their sleeping environment. So is it a comfortable sleeping environment? Have they had distractions throughout the night or going to sleep? How was their going to sleep? Making sure that they don't this isn't as much of a problem in toddlers, but in your older kids or your teenagers. So no TV. Using bed only for sleeping in. A white noise machine can be really helpful for kind of that toddler age group. And no screens an hour before bedtime. So the blue light from the TV or an iPhone or your laptop can suppress the melatonin in your body, which which melatonin promotes sleep. And so that can make it really hard for people and children and adults to fall asleep. Keeping their room cool, cooler temperatures a lot of times promote sleep. You don't need to keep it freezing, but making sure that it's not super hot. And then sometimes a bath before bed can help relax the child. So the biggest thing is going to be to make sure that we're having good quality sleep and going to bed at a reasonable time. For a sleeping routine, another thing that is helpful is considering a light snack for your child that has protein in it or a complex carbohydrate within a couple hours before bed. It really helps them to stay asleep and then making all of these things a routine. And so focusing first on those, if your child's harder to get up in the morning, going to bed maybe a little bit earlier at night and trying to see, were we going to bed too late? Or was there a lot of disruptions during the night during, you know, not and they're not able to sleep as well. So that's usually where I like to start. Yeah, makes sense. Any last advice on sleep issues? I would say the biggest thing is going to be that good sleep routine like we've kind of reiterated a few times. Children who get enough sleep really do have a healthier immune system. They perform better in school. Their behaviors are better. Their memory and their mental health are all much better when they have more sleep, as we all could probably do with more sleep. So ingraining some of those things from an early age is really important. And it really is helping them mind, body, and everything. And especially with 
things that are going on in the world around them now. There are added stressors. They have different routines. And so children really thrive off of consistency and routine. And so if you, even if your day and their day isn't exactly the same day to day, if they have that set routine at bedtime and they know that it's going to be like that or very similar every night, it creates a sense of calm in them. And I think overall, then that's going to help them perform well during the day. So that's what I would say. Easier, sometimes easier said than done, and it doesn't happen overnight. We still are working on our sleep routine with our children as well. Don't beat yourself up if it's if you don't have a set routine right now or things, or you have a day where it's not exactly how you had envisioned it was going to be. Yeah, that's great advice. Thanks, Dr. Jessica. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. 